Amen. Take your Bibles, if you would please, this morning and open up to Psalm chapter number 26 in the Word of God today. Psalm chapter number 26. As you find your place here in Psalm 26, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Psalm chapter number 26. And if your health allows you to, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word today? I just want to read one verse. We're going to go through this passage of Scripture a little bit in an expository type of way today, kind of exegeting several things out of this passage. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's one that many of you have read many, many times. And so that familiarity will be there. But nonetheless, I want to read one verse. And then as the Lord allows us to today, we'll move past verse number one. But Psalm chapter number 26, would you please look with me at verse number one? The Bible says this, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. This morning I'd like to preach a message entitled, Knowing God. Knowing God. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, would you work in this message now? Savior, lead, guide, and direct because, Lord, we need you. Savior, we love you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In this passage of Scripture, David wrote this psalm. And we are not exactly sure just when this psalm was written, but we do know from the context of this psalm that there is really this national crisis that is taking place. There were people that were dying, and most commentators believe that they were dying under the judgment of God. Much can be learned from this passage of Scripture, and much can be learned by studying the life of David. We know that David, just like every other man, made his fair share of mistakes. But even in this psalm, it is amazing to get the heart that David had for his God. Here in Psalm chapter 26, we find David, we find him penning these words, and we find his heart for his Savior. Verses number 1 and verse number 2 really are going to lay somewhat of this foundation for the rest of this passage of Scripture. Therefore, if you're taking notes this morning, it will be somewhat of an introduction in verse number 1 and 2, but let's get that foundation as we move into verse number 3. When we look at verse number one, we do see David has this appeal. Look at verse number one with me. It says, judge me, O Lord. His appeal was for the Lord's judgment. David understood that God was the ultimate judge. It once again, watch this college student, is a reminder for you and I that one day we will be stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And in that day when Christ begins to judge you and I for the things in which we have done for him, we will not stand with mom and dad. We will not stand with the faculty at West Coast Baptist College. We will not stand with grandma and grandpa. We will not stand with our best friend or boyfriend or girlfriend or future spouse. Comprehend this. One day we will stand before God and we will give an account. David's appeal here was, Lord, I want you to judge me. 
It wasn't, hey, world judge me, hey, kingdom judge me, hey, religion judge me. No, it was David looking at his Savior and saying, Lord, I want you to judge me. Let me tell you real quick, college student, we'll move ahead here, but never get in the habit of living your life to everyone else's expectations of what they think you ought to do or the way that you ought to behave. If that makes sense, say amen. Understand, you ought to live your life based on truth. Well, what is truth? We're going to see in this passage of Scripture. You ought to live your life based on truth from the Word of God. Well, why is that? Because a lot of people change, and styles change, and clothing changes, and trends change, and churches change, and friends change, and parents change. But when I say this, when you and I look at the Word of God, aren't you thankful today? The Word of God never changes. David's appeal, but we also see a desire that David had. He said this, look at it with me, verse number one, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. David truly had a desire to walk as a man who loved God, a man who had integrity. Integrity ought to be something that you and I at West Coast Baptist College are known for today. You ought to be known as a student body for being trusted. You ought to be known at your workplace, wherever you work, whether you're here at Blue Crew or whether you work in the surrounding AV area, whatever the case may be, you ought to be known for a person, a man or a woman who has integrity. Can I say this? Tune in, college student. This is something that older generations are talking about us as millennials and as Gen Xers today, that we don't have that integrity, we don't have that trust, that we are not to be trusted. Instead of you and I sitting back and complaining about, well, I can't believe they'd say that, or I'm going to put a tweet out about against, uh, against them, I'm going to fight back. No, instead of fighting back with words, why don't you and I prove them wrong? Why don't you and I be known for people who have integrity? I've told the story before, but I can remember when my father, as an investment, when I was just a young man, purchased a turkey farm. We're out there with this guy who, I'm serious, this farmer looked exactly like Santa Claus. In fact, at six years old, I was really having doubts on whether this was a farmer or really Santa Claus, so I was putting on my best act. I'm just kidding for everybody who's like, I don't believe in Santa. Listen, understand, I remember standing there, and this guy, is, he's, he's sitting there with my dad, and they looked all over the farm, and, and there's a lot of acres. We walked through these farms, 20,000 turkeys on this farm, and uh, dad's a purchase for an investment. And I remember this, listen now, as plain as day, I I remember at the end of that conversation, they didn't go to the bank, they didn't go to sign papers, they didn't have lawyers there, they didn't have other people who's going to stamp, and I get this approval. No, I can remember that that old farmer and my dad shook hands, agreed on a price, agreed on the sale, and from that it was over. Integrity. David here has this desire in his heart, but David also had trust. Look at this passive scripture, verse number one. I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. What a lesson to be learned just from the introduction of this chapter. What if you and I, the only thing we got from this message was to just simply trust him. It's amazing today, listen, college student, what you and I dwell on. It's amazing how much distrust we have in God today. The worries, the complaints, the, the awfulness, the I can't get over, the, the things that you and I dwell on most of the time, and many times they're negative. But David's saying here, my trust is not in myself. No, I trust it also in the Lord. Look what he says here. Therefore, I shall not slide what confidence David had. 
When you and I trust in the Lord, our worry is not always on failing. Excuse me, did you catch that? When you and I trust in the Lord, our concern, our worry is not always on failing. Why? Because we know the Word of God says that greater is he that is you than he that is in the world. The Bible says that you and I, we are more than conquerors. How many are thankful for that? Say amen today. We're conquerors. Oh, this psalm, I believe David is really showing us the importance of self-examination. Why is that? You ever thought about that? Excuse me, have you ever, have you ever thought, why, why do we need to examine ourselves? Brother Shepherd, to be honest with you, I mean, dude, we're in Bible college. I mean, we've made it a whole semester. There have been others who have had to go home, but I have had to go home. I, I haven't even been up to the dean's office. Not once have I had to talk to Dr. Shetler. Not, not, not once have I had to be up there. Not, not, not once have I had to go forward. I, I have that, my dorm suit's been, I mean, uh, listen, I mean, why, the, honestly, I'm, I'm a good person. Why, why should I have to self-examine myself? Shouldn't it be obvious, by the way, and what I'm doing and my here and, 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 and my grades and my attendance to chapel and my good spirit? Understand this. I think too many times we forget of what manner of man we are. James put it this way, be sober of the word, excuse me, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and not goeth his way, and straightway he forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not forgetful here, but a doer of work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Understand, listen now, it's you and I stopping today. And when we hear a title like, well, knowing God, okay, I'm saved, I've been baptized, I'm in Bible college. I mean, to be honest, Brother Shepherd, I can tune out for the rest. I got projects, I got, I got a first quiz coming up. I got, a fifth hour's going to be tough. Listen, if we're not careful will tune out what God has for us. There has to be, watch now, this reflection that is taking place. David in this passage of scripture, verse number one says, I have walked. There must be an examining of our spiritual lives of things that we have done and things that we need to change. Listen, tune in. I know I'm going fast. We'll slow down in just a moment. But all of us can remember a time when, when, when we've, been, uh, we, we've been at this kind of apex in our spiritual life and we're walking with God and, man, we feel good. And, and man, we're in our Bible and we're growing and we're happy. And, and then we start getting away from God. And now we're here and this reflection is looking at, you know what, I, I've made some mistakes. I, I, well, I remember a time that I was up there and had that joy and that peace and that happiness. And I, I remember when I was there, listen, it's a reflection of not saying, well, I guess I'll just stay here forever. No, a reflection is saying this, watch, I want to be back to that place. David said in verse number 1, I have walked, watch, in mine integrity. But verse number 11, you don't have to turn there, but it says, I will walk in mine integrity. That means that there needs to be a spiritual examination of where you and I want to be. 
I mean, this, it's not just saying, okay, I've messed up. I've, I've made some mistakes. I, I used to be there. And so I, I guess that's it. No, it's, it's getting right. It's getting back in the light of God, the fellowship of God. It's moving forward. It's putting your hand to the plow. It's as Paul said, I press toward the mark. Watch. And it's not just saying, okay, I want to learn from the mistakes I made and come back not bitter, but come back better. It's not just doing that. It's looking to where I want to be. And let me ask you something, college. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in your spiritual life after Christmas? Where do you want to be in your spiritual life, let's say, next week? Where do you want to be in your Bible reading? Can I say this? It's easy, yes, to get in the habit of, hey, I got so many days left till Christmas, and I can't wait to be home, and my bed, and my pajamas, and, and I can't wait to watch uh, this Christmas movie. I can't wait to be at my famous. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of us have examined how we're going to spend our physical, spiritual brain, but I'm going to tell you, it's a sad thing in Bible colleges that we're not taking the time to examine where we want to be spiritually in the future. We're so caught up in the right now, we forgot God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for me. It's a spiritual examination of knowing who God is. May I ask you, do you know Him? No, no, do you know Him? You see, if we know God, first of all, I want you to write this down, we will know His love. We will know His love. Verse number two says, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins in my heart. Watch this. Verse number three, everybody looking. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes. And I have walked in thy truth. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes. How much does God love you and I? Well, John 3.16 kind of proves how much he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can I say this? Watch very carefully now. We know that Christ loves us. How many believe that? Say amen today. How many are thankful that God loves you? It doesn't matter man or woman if you're male or female. It's just us today. If you believe Christ loves you, say amen today. Amen. You know, that's not always easy to live. What? What do you mean, Brother Shepard? Whoa, whoa, time out. What? Let's be honest today. In this auditorium, not everybody is excited about going home. Not everybody has the perfect life of going home to other siblings who are in church and serving God. Not everybody that's going home has a mom and a dad that loved them and brought them up in church. Not everybody that's going home has, has, uh, has family members that are going to be with them on Christmas Eve and presents and a tree up. No, no. Let me tell you something. There, there are college students in this very That's not their background. In fact, I dare say that there be college students in this room right now that maybe they put on an act, but at times this very semester they have felt very alone, very afraid. They don't have the friends, the background, the parents, the grandparents. No, what they go back to at Christmas is awful. A divorced mom and dad, maybe somebody that drinks all the time in the house or smokes or cusses or cares nothing about God or even against them being in Bible college. They have to go back to a house where somebody said, hey, we don't want you to be in school. We don't want you to go back to places. No, they're fighting those feelings. They're fighting that call in that person's life. 
May I say, call us shooting, if we're not careful, if we don't reflect, if we don't start knowing God, we're not going to understand His love, and we're not going to be able to give that love to the very person who is hurt and sitting in this auditorium right now. But let me tell you something, call us shooting, if that's you and that's your story, I don't know who you are. I, don't, I might not know your background that well, but I know the Word of God. And I know a passage of Scripture that says in Psalm 91, verse number 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise, uh, noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee in His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His trust shall, not be, thy, shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Watch this. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. Can I help you out today, call shooting? You may feel like nobody loves you, but Jesus loves you. I remember being a youth pastor in Beckley, West Virginia. It was my first year being a, being a youth pastor, and we took this group to camp. I'll never forget one of the kids that we had in our van at that time was, man, <laughs> I'm telling you, for every youth, future youth pastor in this room, th this is the kind of kid that you want in your youth group. It didn't matter what activity it was. If he hated it, he was always there and he always had a good attitude. If, if this is the kind of kid that if there were kids complaining, he had, he had, he'll have your back. He had my back. The kids that were too cool to do this, or they, they, they were too, the girls were too preppy to do this. He was over there, and man, he could make them laugh, and he'd get them on board. I'm telling you, our youth group loved this kid, loved him. In, in every way, this, listen, I'm telling you, ladies, this is the kind of kid you want in your youth group. I'll never forget our first year at camp. We go to camp, and this kid, he's always down at the altar, man. He's always excited. He's doing the games. He was here. I had absolutely, can I just say this? I'm being nice, and I know this, uh, this might be on podcast. I'm not saying his name, but this, this kid had zero. When I say zero, I mean like negative something, negative five athletic skills. I mean, like, wow. <laughs> I mean, he's the, he's the kind of kid, Dr. Shetler called his number, his ticket, for him to go out on the court to shoot the free throws, everybody starts laughing that knows him. Like, oh, this is going on YouTube. Everybody, this, that's just who he was. Yet he loved life. It didn't matter what a game it was, he went out there and he'd make a fool of himself. He just, man, I love that kid. Comes the Thursday night at camp and... Anybody who's been to camp, you know Thursday or Friday night's the big time when everybody gets together and everybody's slobbering and crying. I'm going to get my attitude right. I'm going to break up my girlfriend. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get rid of my music, and I'm going to do this. And I mean, it's just it's a great time. We're all, we're all gathered around. Everybody's just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to be this. I'm going to have a better attitude, and we're going all the way around. And it gets to this kid. I will never forget this. In my heart and in my mind, I thought, What's, the, what's he going to say? What's he going to get right? And I never forget that young man standing there that night and tears begin to just flood down his face. And he said, and I quote, everybody thinks I'm happy. 
and I'm so sad. And I'm telling you, young person, as a youth leader, I crumbled. You know why? Because it was a facade on the outside. Oh, yeah, everybody thought this kid had it all together, but man, in his heart, he felt like nobody in the world loved him. Can I tell you something? College student, there are those in your dorm that maybe they've got a facade on. Oh, yeah, they, you think they're great, they're good, they're going to be fine, but let me tell you something, they're not. Why don't you reach out and love them? Not everybody is like this kid that's just good and great, got it together and fun loving and man, he's, everything's good. No, 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 understand. Not everybody that is on this campus is lovable. Not everybody that you come in contact with is just easy to get along with. You say, okay, I want to know God. I want to know his love so that I can take that love and pass on somebody else. But I'm here to tell you about Shep. You don't know how hard it is. You don't know what a jerk this guy is. You you don't know how how snobby this girl is. You you don't know what they put about me. You don't know how they told on me. You don't know what they did. I'm here to tell you, listen, not everybody is easy to love, but we still ought to love them. You say, why? Because I'm here to tell you and I in our spiritual lives to our Abba Father, we're not always loved. Lovely friend, but he always bestows his love on us. How many are thankful for that? Say amen. Let me tell you something. That's the ministry that our God had. When he said we must needs go through Samaria, well, why did he go through Samaria? Because he had somebody that he had to love in that woman at the well. Well, he looked up at that little man up in the tree and said, hey, I want you to come down because well, we've, got, we've got some fellowship to do today. We, well, we've got to get together. I've I got to eat with you. The whole town looked and hated that man, but Jesus didn't. When the disciples said, hey, kids, get out of here. Are you kidding me? Go, go on, scat. Parents, get your kids. You not know who this is. It was Jesus that said, listen, you don't forsake them to go away. I want them. You bring them to me. I want to put them up here on my lap. That's the God that you and I serve. It may, it may not always seem like they're lovely, but I'm here to tell you, when you and I start to know God, when we start to know his love on us, we bestow that love on others. Know his love. But watch this. Secondly, would you write this down? Know his truth. Verse number three says, For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. Say, Brother Shepherd, what is truth? Well, Pilate asked the same answer, uh, question Jesus in the same way. Jesus answered that question in John chapter 17 and verse number 17 when he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And let me help you out, college student. You ready for this? It does matter what you believe. It does matter. God's Word is the root from which we grow. It is the foundation from which we build. It is the rock on which we stand. It is more important than our necessary food. The psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There are so many churches in our culture today, and listen, man, I want you to catch this, that have no doctrinal grounding. 
Oh yeah, they might be growing, and yeah, their website looks awesome. We talk about that a lot, and their podcast is really cool. And man, they, they, they look so odd. They're on Facebook Live and Instagram Live all the time. And boy, they just, they, they just really touched my heart. They're just so cool. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of cool churches out there today, but I'm going to tell you, God's not interested in a cool church. God is interested in a church that is grounded in the word of truth. God is interested in a church that has a solid foundation, not on trends, not on what looks cool, not on the biggest fad of the day. No, a church that says, hey, if the Bible says don't do it, we're not going to do it. And if the Bible says to do it, it doesn't matter how unpopular it is. It doesn't matter how many people out there are crying against us. We are going to do what's right. It's truth. Why are you here at West Coast Baptist College? No, think about it. Why are the tasks so hard? Why do I have to write this paper? Why is my schedule so packed? Listen, I'm not making fun of you. We've been through college before. Every faculty member here knows it's tough. But why is it tough? Think about it. Why? So I'm doing college just a couple moments ago. I had to stand up, I think it was today, and, and uh, give a speech. He was telling me about this speech for his final that he had to give. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my word, that would be really tough. I said, how long was it, like a minute or two? And he's like, oh, no, we had to go five minutes. I'm like, five minutes? I would fail that class. I'm just kidding, okay? It's tough. Why? We are training you, college student, to be doctrinally ground. So that you can go out and turn the world upside down. Have a heart to learn the word of God. Have a heart to meditate, to read, to examine, to hold on to. College student, there is nothing more embarrassing. I'm helping you out. Listen, I know this. <laughs> There's nothing more embarrassing than for someone just to... Just to kind of use this as an excuse. You ready? Whoa, whoa, tune in here. Listen. Well, I'm just dumb. Well, I'm just not smart. Well, then get smart. Let's stop being dumb. <laughs> and all God's people say, <laughs> Stop. Well, it's because my Christian school was so little. Well, it's because I was homeschooled. It's because I went to Bumba school. It's because I... Whoa, 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 whoa. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Amen. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you want to know God, you've got to dig into the word of God. Are classes hard? Yes. Are, the, are these tests? Are you worried about? Sure, you're concerned. Yes. But what do you do? You don't sit back and make excuses. It's because of this, because of my background, because I didn't go here, because I transferred in, because I'm just here to tell you, all of us could come up with an excuse. Stop making excuses. Start studying his word. Get to know him as he is. This is not a, hey, we're just, we're putting you out there. We're just going to make, make fools of you. No, make you memorize a ton of scripture. Read through the Old Testament. I mean, good grief in one semester. Let's make them suffer. <laughs> oh, my word. That's not us at all. To be honest with you, you ought to be in the Word of God that much anyways. Somebody help me out, amen? amen. 
you spend that much time playing basketball, you spend that much time playing volleyball, you spend that much time staring at your girlfriend or your boyfriend, why don't you get in the Word of God? Amen? Let me help you out. This is the second time I've seen this on campus. I'm just going to move on. It's the last thing I'm going to say. This is not in the spirit. This is not the flesh. I'm just helping to a couple out, okay? I'm just helping you out. If you're walking on campus on the sidewalk and your girlfriend's walking forward and you're walking like this and you're just both talking to each other, you look stupid. <laughs> I'm just helping you out, okay? <sighs> I literally beat my horn and I didn't even look up. I almost got out of the car and said, would you turn around and walk like a man? Amen. Listen, no truth. But number three, watch this, watch this. Let's get back. I apologize, Lord. Let's get back. Verse number four. Know his separation. Know his separation. Verse number four says, now everybody follow along. you got to tune in. I'm going to read several verses. Watch. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocency and so will encompass thine altar, O Lord. Look at verse number 8. Just skip down, look at it. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Verse number 9. Gather not my soul with sinners. Do you see this separation that's taking place? Even in verse number 8, verse number 9, check it out. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men in whose hands is mischief, and in their right hand is full of bribes. God wants there to be a separation. Let me tell you something. When you and I begin to know God, there is going to come a natural separation in our life. There is going to become a difference. There's going to be those in the outside world that look at our life of where we were and where we used to be and the friends we used to have and the places we used to go and the movies and the shows that we used to watch and the things we used to binge on. Understand this, when the world looks at you and I, when we become, or excuse me, when we start to know God as He is, this separation will begin to happen. The book of Matthew puts it like this, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt is lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast down and to be trodden underfoot. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all them that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Can I say, listen, college student, the world knows a whole lot about what you and I stand against. But does the lost world know what you and I stand for? When the lost world looks at our life, it's not just looking at a facade on the outside. No, it's the lost world looking at a heart. And what's in the heart is going to show on the outside. And when the lost world looks at you and I, do they see that love? Do they see that mercy? Do they see that grace? Do they see that peace? No matter what circumstance you and I are going through? Do they see that enthusiasm for the things of God? Do they see you and I rejoicing even in hard times or in the ebb and flow of life? May I say, listen, college student, when you go home at Christmas, it's not saying, oh, good, now I can drop everything that I've just learned. I can live in my standards and do what I want to do. I'm here to tell you, I, I 
am concerned with the heart of some college students that just can't wait to get home and they want to know everything else about everything that they've missed in the world and yet not once have they thought about knowing God through the Christmas break. Whoa. There ought to be some separation. Well, Brother Shepherd, I'll just be honest. Your standards aren't my standards. Why not? Oh, it's getting a little uncomfortable in here. Why not? Allah is not my God. If you believe that, say amen. Jesus Christ is my Lord. If you believe that, say amen. Then shouldn't you and I have the same principles? And standards based on those principles, which are based on not what happened in the 50s, 60s, 70s, or your family tree, or whatever church you're from, whatever state you live in. No, excuse me. Shouldn't we have standards that are based on principles, that are based on the very Word of God that He has given and preserved for us, for you and I living in this day and age? Shouldn't it be the same? Somebody help me out. Men, amen? Amen. It ought to be the same. When the world looks at you and I, what do they see? Let me ask you this, ladies. When the world looks at your Facebook, what do they see? When the world looks at your locked Instagram account, what do they see? I'm here to tell you, listen, don't, don't fret it. Well, do I have to unlock my Instagram? No, no, let me, let me, just, let me just put it clearly so everybody understands. I, I don't know what you have in your locked Instagram. To be honest with you, I really don't care. I don't know what you've put in your messages on Facebook that nobody else can see. And to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not looking to get in it, but I'm here to tell you, I know somebody who knows everything that you've texted this very semester, and his name is Jesus Christ. And one day you will stand before him, and you will not be up there like some kid that, oh, yeah, look at me, look at my grades, look what I did, look what I accomplished, look at my bus route, look how many times I was on Jewish, look how many souls I won, look at the free throw shots I made. No, let me tell you something. We stand before that king, our faces will be on the ground. Is there separation in your life? Know his separation. Watch this now. But know his works. Would you write that down? Number four, know his works. Verse number 7, look at it with me, says this. That I may publish with a voice of thanksgiving and tell, watch now, of all thy wondrous works. God's done so much for you and I. Where's our thankful voice? The psalmist said, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise before him with psalms. Psalm 106 and verse number 1, praise ye the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Now therefore, O God, we thank thee and praise thee in thy glorious name. Paul said it this way, be thankful, excuse me, be careful for nothing, but in everything, uh, in prayer, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests may be known unto God. You and I are really good at sharing with everybody else what we're not thankful for. No, excuse me. When you and I start to know God and who He is, there's not a whole lot in our life that you and I are able to complain about. There's not, Caleb, think about this. There's not a whole lot when you and I know Him as He is. There's not a whole lot for you and I that, listen, sis, I'm just telling you, there's not a whole lot for you and I to complain about. Why? Because He's always good. Whoa, 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 now. Listen, that means this. 
if, if we are in a constant habit of living our life by this, man, this is bad, this is awful, and this is not good, and I'm just going to tweet this out, and I'm going to put this on, well, I'm just here to I'll put on my story real quick so it goes away. And we are in a constant state of always complaining. I'm just going to ask you, do you really know God? Because the Bible talks about what's in the heart is how you're going to speak. Whoa, when you know him, Thanksgiving comes out. Not just one day a year, like all the time, like every day. Name one thing, one word, not dissertation, one word that you're thankful for. Jasmine. Jasmine. It's a good one. We didn't plan it. Name one thing, not a girl's name. My parents. Parents. Name one thing. Uh, Name one thing. Salvation. Salvation. Car. Car. Scripture. Scripture. Love. Friends. Friends. Food. And all God's people said? Amen. It's almost that time, baby. Just hold on. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Food. <laughs> Food. Yeah. Yeah. When we start to know him, a different heart comes out. Well, I don't know why you're always happy. You must have everything in the world. Yeah, I do. His name is Jesus. Somebody, blah, blah, blah. I question somebody who's always negative, always down the dumps, always complaining. Nothing goes right. My life's awful, and this is bad. This didn't work. My doormat. <laughs> Good grief. Would you get to know God a little bit? Somebody, amen? Get to know him. Excuse me, there's a national crisis going on in this passage of Scripture. This isn't rainbows and butterflies and, oh, everything's great and good. And so, therefore, when I come to verse number 7, here's the words that I'm going to pen. I'm going to pen, I give thanksgiving to God. No, this is not a good time in the psalmist's life. And yet he still had a heart towards God to be thankful. Why? Because he knew him. Number five, would you write this down? We're almost done this morning. Tune in, tune in, listen now. Know his mercy. Look at verse number 11, if you would, with me. Verse number 11, right, tune in, watch now. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Remember that, we're looking towards the future. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. Psalm chapter 51 and verse number 1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Lamentation said, It's the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. How many are thankful for the mercy of God in our life, that although we fail him many times, he's never failed us. Are you thankful for that mercy? What mercy he gives to us. But when you and I begin to know God, watch, when you and I get to know his mercy that is bestowed upon us, even though you and I do not deserve it, watch, it becomes easier in our Christian life to give mercy to others who really don't deserve it. Did you catch that? At Bible College, listen, college students, once you tune in, listen, 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 watch. This ought to be a place where you and I come together. Why? Because there are billions out there that are lost. And if there was ever a place where we could come and we could get together, 
and we can love our Savior, and we can worship Him, we can praise Him. We're not fighting over the silliness of life that everybody else is fighting over. No, no, no. If there was ever a place, this ought to be the place. If there was ever a place, watch now, where people from the outside would come and they've never felt love before like you have. They're not excited about Christmas like you are. They don't know a Savior like you do. If there was ever a place where people could come and see enthusiasm, not just for sports and not just for a campus and not just for the things of this world. No, I'm talking about enthusiasm for the things of God. If there was ever a place where people could come and feel loved in the dorms and, and feel loved loved in the chapel services and feel loved in the classroom, I'm here to tell you, it ought to be at West Coast Baptist College. But it's going to take, listen now, it's going to take some college students that's stepping out of their bubble. Congratulations. Woo! You were, wow, you were awesome in high school. You were popular with all four seniors. Great! That's good! Congratulate! We'll give you an attaboy button. But let me tell you something. You're not, you're not in high school anymore. You were at West Coast Baptist College training to be in one the greatest army that has ever lived, the Lord's army. Number one, you're in. Start acting like it. Have some mercy. Some of you, excuse me, whoa, 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 listen now. Don't shut your Bible yet. I always go longer when somebody shuts their Bible. I'm like, okay, they didn't get it. We're just going to keep on rolling here. So listen, you shut your Bible. I'm, I'm watching you. Woo, 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 woo. Listen. Some of you need to let the drawbridge down on your personal castle and turn the light on and let others see Jesus in your life. Some of you, some of you, I'm talking about stepping out of your comfort zone and start being nice to some people who perhaps maybe are in another group than you're in. Excuse me, the ground is level at the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I help you out here? Dr. Shetler's in here, and Brother Stensis is in here, and I think Brother England's in here, Brother Shepherd's in here. Let me tell you something. We're not up here and you're down here. We don't feel that way at all. Coach, we don't feel that way. We love you and we want to work with you. We're on the same team. Can I say there is no one in your dorm that you are above. Like you're up here and they're kind of down here. So I, just, I, just, I think other people think I'm weird if I talk to them. Let me help you out real quick. You ready for this, men? Don't get in that habit. Because there's going to be people on the mission field or walk into your church one day when your pastor's standing behind a pulpit and they're not really in your group and they don't look like you. They don't dress like you. Right. They, 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 they drink. They do drugs. And they, got, they got hair that doesn't match yours. I, I don't feel weird if I talk to them. I don't know. Excuse me. The whole goal of this message is for you and I to be like Christ. Amen. I mean, I say Christ didn't always hang out with just those who were in his little posse, his little circle. No, 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 no. Jesus busted it out as we've already seen several, several times in Scripture. And when you get to know him... You want to know the others who are right here serving along with you. Well, they hurt me. Well, they did this. Well, I'm thankful that David shows us here. We get to know his mercy. And when we, when, when, excuse me, when we know his mercy, watch, we're able to give it to others. 
Let me say this. I'll be done. Write this down. Know His will. You ready for this? Know His will. Look at verse number 12. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. He desires our praise. Excuse me. He desires our praise. You and I listen now. We want to know His will. Well, what's God's will for our life? Well, His will is that you and I praise Him. It's His desire that we praise Him in the singing, in the preaching. Watch, watch. Don't show your Bibles. Listen. And to praise Him in the Spirit. In everything that you and I are doing, praising Him. Let me help you out. Listen, listen, listen. I don't care what, what, if you're on the Snickers, you're on the Wheaties, or you were on the whatever, Frosted Flakes. Let me tell you something. It's okay to praise God even if somebody else on your team doesn't. Say amen right there. Well, I don't want to step out and go to the altar because the one is going to think that I'm really weird. Let them think you're weird. You're not here to praise them. I don't know, my boyfriend, he's kind of known on campus, so if I do, if I, if I go forward and you're right, he doesn't come, it's just everybody's going to think that I'm more spiritual. Excuse me, are you here for him or are you here for God? Amen? You ready for this college student? This is not profound, but I think it's really good. The easiest way to praise God <laughs> is to be in his will. Did you catch that? The easiest way to praise God is to be in His will. You ever been, whoa, 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 listen, whoa, 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 whoa. You ever been out of His will before? You ever done something that's wrong? Maybe some of you stepped in this auditorium today. You know last night you did something you should not have done. You're not right with God. And you walked in here and we're singing a song, all praise to him who reigns above. And those, man, those who know him, man, it's singing. It's singing time. Majesty, the, the trio that sang up here, Caleb and the other girls, man, I mean, they're singing about, I just want to praise you, Lord. I'm just, man, we're amen and some hands are going up. We're praising him. Why? We're in his will. I'm here to tell you, when you're out of his will, that's not easy. Nobody wants to sing when you're out of God's will. Blessed assurance, Jesus is my... And you know you're not in God's will. You don't want to sing that. Oh, a Christmas tree. You already got into it. Some of you right now, listen, tune in, watch. Some of you are so far into praising yourself. You couldn't find the will of God if he put it out on Google Map right in front of you. It's your will, it's your way, it's your aspirations, it's your dreams, it's what you want to do. And nobody's going to, give, nobody's going to tell me otherwise. You wouldn't know what praise is if we, if we opened it up to him and gave it to you. If we knelt you on your knees right up here, you wouldn't know what the will of God is. You wouldn't know what praise is. Why? Because at times, if we're not careful, we are so wrapped up in ourselves. 
Let me tell you, every, every one-year Bible certificate, every year I talk to those Bible certificates, I tell them this, listen, it's not your will, it's not your way. Can I remind you, listen, you have been bought with the price. Well, I'll give God one year, and I guess if it doesn't work, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, okay, good. You go ahead. You go ahead and run the farm. You go ahead and join the army. You go ahead and go to community college. You go ahead and run the family business. You go ahead and follow your dreams and your aspirations and what you want to do. Meanwhile, I'm here to tell you, during this message today, several thousand people have died and gone to hell, and yet it's all about me. No, we mentioned hell. Nobody even, we've heard about hell so much. Who even, you know, no big deal. Do you even care? Excuse me, college student, I'm telling you this. Listen, listen, listen. I'm telling you right now. Those who know God care. Amen. No, let me say again. Those who know God care. That's right. Hey, why, why don't we today just stop for a minute? Well, we got, we got finals, Brother Shepherd. We got, I, mean, I, gotta, I gotta get over there. I only have so much time that I'm able to eat with my boyfriend and eat with my girlfriend. Then we gotta go to work. I'm not gonna see. Yeah, listen, call you. I, I, I know. I'm there with you. I realize that. But what would happen? Excuse me. What would happen if right now we just stopped and said, Lord, I wanna know you? The songwriter wrote these words. Listen, watch. Just the time I feel that I've been caught in the mire of self. Just the time I feel my mind's been bought by worldly wealth. That's when the breeze begins to blow. And I know the Spirit's call. For all my worldly wonderings just melt into his love. Oh, I want to know you more. Deep within my soul, I want to know you. To feel your heart and know your mind. Looking in your eyes stirs up within me. Cries that say, I want to know you. Oh, I want to know you more. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. Would you stand to your feet today with heads bowed and eyes closed? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder how many right now would say, Lord, <laughs> I just want to know you just want to know you. College student, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you as the piano begins to play right now, would you step out? Would you come? Oh Lord, I just want to serve you and know you. I want to know your love, your mercy. I want to study your word, not just for a test, but because, God, I want to know you. Is that you? Would you step out? What are you waiting for, a college student? Just right now, oh, God, I just want to know you. I just want to know you. Tell them. 
He's there. It's nothing. He loves you. He wants you. Why don't you just take a moment? Why don't you just come? Why don't you just talk to him for a moment?